Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Start us up. Start us up. You're never going to start me up. What is happening? I have decided to start each episode now with a different Rolling Stones song. Oh, no. (laughs) And see how long it takes for them to notice us and serve us with cease and desist papers. So for the rest of our lives, that's what you'll be doing. I'm just joking. It's January. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? It's been a good week here. It's January 2nd, 1998. Happy New Year! What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> you sound super excited. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, <clears throat> you're like, uh, have you taken some tranquilizers? You're like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a little hungover <laughs> from celebrating the New Year. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we had some good celebrations for the New Year, 1998. I, I just. Unlike 97, I like saying, although I got used to 97, I like saying 98. Yeah. It's 98. It has a more of a pop to it. It does. It has more of a in-sync pop. <laughs> They're a pop band. You're so silly. They're a pop band. That's popular. Sure. And what's the other one? The um The... The Backdoor Boys. I'm sorry, the Backstreet Boys. There you go. Gross. Those ones, too. They're also popular. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, I feel like we're moving into, when we started this show, just everyone that wants to hear about 90210, just take a second, okay? Just, just calm yourself down. It's 1998 now. We'll get there. But I feel like when we first started this show, not necessarily this show, but our main show, Mm -hmm. 1994, we were in the midst of grunge. Right. The grunge Seattle movement, flannel, and hey, jealousy, hey, jealousy, that kind of stuff, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, weirdo. Yes, we were. And we've slowly transitioned from that into i don't know that's like pop, like music is all pop now it's all poppy it is pop, weird. Pop, pop. <laughs> pop 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 there's a happy feeling nothing okay anyway so yeah uh, no more of that it's the new year yeah but it's weird right like the the evolution of music yeah yeah i mean i guess that's true like but it, it's always changing. I mean, look at, like, the 60s to now. I mean, like, it's always changing. <laughs> it's a little different than this four-year period we've been through, but yes. Uh, look at the 60s till now. These boots are no longer made for walking. So speaking of music. Yes. Uh, this episode, uh, Donna and David uh, get some news. <laughs> That's true. Great segue. 98 is going to be the year of you doing fantastic segues. <laughs> what news do they get, Carol? Pray tell. Well, I mean, it's the news that we already knew they were going to get. That they're, uh, they're pregnant. No. Uh, Immaculate conception. That they they lost their label. 
whatever. MZA, which yeah. I think is supposed to be like M- MCA, I think is a music thing. So Okay. I think. I'm not sure. I know like Capitol Records and Defro Records and Lynch Mob. <laughs> right? Columbia House Records? Sure, yeah. Columbia, yes. Didn't didn't they do the thing in the mail? They did the thing in the mail. That's right. Yeah. They would they would uh, they would ejaculate onto tapes <gasps> and send semen filled tapes to people. Yeah. What is wrong with you? It was they was terrible. They were terrorists. What is wrong with you? Oh wait, are you talking about the when they would send things out for like a penny and stuff? And yeah, like, oh. that's what I was talking about. That's how I got uh, the, my first Green Day album. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's how you got your first taste of. Oh my god! What is like? Ser- what like? I don't understand what is happening right now. It's ninety eight, and you lost your goddamn mind. New attitude. I don't like that. <laughs> anyway, I, as far as I know, Columbia House didn't do that. But yes, they did do the. Hey, fill this out and you, penny and all that stuff. Hmm. You're such an asshole. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just, I'm sorry. I was just not reliving. A, not a proportional response. <laughs> reliving that nightmare of what you just said. Ew. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so David, David moved in yeah. with the dude that Donna was flirting with, I think. Like, it's so weird. It is the same guy, right? Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Why is... And he fucking insulted him, too. He's like, oh, it's been a long time, Dave. And he's like, yeah, not long enough, asshole. Yeah. I don't I don't. How did understand. he transition that from from being like that to... You know what he did? He negged him. Hmm? <laughs> Giving him negative compliments. It's it's a way to pick up women. That's Weird. like what, what people do sometimes. They'll, <laughs> they'll, like, uh, it's a big thing on the rise. Okay. Say stuff like... Uh, Oh hey, it's it's nice to see you out. You know, I, I I you're very brave. I I I don't know many women that would have the courage to go out in that top. Wow. And then all of a sudden, like the woman wants to please you. She's like, oh my god, he's judging me. I, I want to make sure that he, you know, likes me. And that's that's the I, you're giving me this look, like you know, like that's fucked up because it is. Yes. Yeah. But I didn't come up with this theory. Nor do I employ this theory because we are happily together. Mm-hmm. But that I'm explaining to you what the theory is. Not that I, not that I think that it's valid. Why does David even need anywhere to stay in the first place? Like where he was he staying st- before? The dorm. He doesn't want to stay at the dorm anymore. That's that's all. That's all the explanation we have for why yes. he's now suddenly living with this other guy. That's correct. And at this other guy's house, there's a pool. And a lot of pretty women just wandering around. That's right. It's kind of weird. It's like it's like a mini Hugh Hefner's house. Right. <laughs> He's mini Hugh Hefner. <laughs> He's actually only four feet tall too, so he really is mini Hugh Hefner. And at what I mean, like at one point when Donna drops by to borrow a camera, there's a woman standing at the grill, grilling in a bikini top. Yeah. That's like every man's fantasy right there. I a get- woman who grills in a bikini. <laughs> Come on. The way you said that, like, like an infomercial announcer or something like that, a woman who grills. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> no, um, but you would think that that would be dangerous. 
<laughs> grilling in a bikini. You think? Is it more dangerous than grilling splatter. in swim trunks? Well, I'm just saying splatter. Yeah. Uh, but I guess if you're grilling right. There shouldn't be any splatter. Correct. Keep those juices in. <laughs> but yeah, so she's she's jealous all of a sudden. And it's just so weird because she was hardcore flirting with this dude. And it's like. Yeah. I don't know. I think David just wants to keep an eye on him. David, though, it's subtle, but the looks he, like, he would give her a, a look here and there. Mm-hmm. I think he was pur- purposely trying to make her jealous. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. He's very angry with her, but he's not done with her. No. And I, they they do this thing where she's, when when the wedding that happens in this episode happens, mm-hmm. what the fuck was this called? A mate for life, that's what it was <laughs> called. She she's filming it and she looks up from the camera to look at David and Mm -hmm. everything. And it's she's like all like, oh, like, you know, is she is she moaning while she's filming their wedding? Because I don't think that's her inner monologue. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm privy to the inner monologue of bottle blondes. Her inner monologue sounds dirty. So maybe that was my inner monologue. But so, I don't like this. They they did all the work to get them together in the end of last season. They undid it all in the first two episodes of this season. Mm-hmm. And now in episode three, they're like, nah, maybe we'll get them together still, though. Yeah. The fuck? He was, he was an asshole to her in the first episode. She was kind of an asshole to him in the second episode, flirting with this dude right in front of him and everything. And now he's indifferent, seemingly, and she wants him again. Yeah. She, like, I'm starting to worry about <laughs> Donna right. and her being drawn to abusive relationships. You know, her parents don't seem to have an abusive relationship. I no. don't understand. Her mom was, her mom did cheat on her dad. Yeah. And she does seem very bossing and domineering. Okay, well, maybe her parents are in an abusive relationship. I don't know. We don't get to see them a lot. But yeah, Donna definitely does not have good taste in, in men and relationships. No, not so. at all. But that's pretty much all that happens with their storyline. With their storyline. But the main storyline, as as you mentioned, there's a wedding. It's uh, Nat and uh, Joni. Yeah. You know what, what struck me today is Nat looks like a grown-up old Fonzie. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of? Like, a little. He's got that like, hey, kind of. <laughs> And the hair style. A little bit. He looks like Henry Winkler, who was in Scream as the principal. Okay. His hair is messy, and it irritates me because even for his wedding, his hair is messy. I don't think his hair does anything other than than what he does with it. But, I mean, like, put some product in your hair at your wedding day. Yeah, put some fudge in your hair. What the fuck? Fudge it up. And, like, what was going on? Like, he had cold feet or whatever, so he went into work at the beach They never addressed that either. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're just assuming that's why, but I mean, I think that's why. Steve and Brandon had to tackle him and take him out of there. Yeah, they like stole the spatula from him and handed it off to somebody. They're like, to they're, they're like get, get him out of here. Yeah, to Willie. He didn't want to go get married. And even when they were doing the ceremony, he looked terrified. Mm-hmm. But then her water broke during the ceremony. Like, Jody's, yeah. Only in fucking TV. Like, that shit does not happen in real life. 
Well, the funny thing is, is in real life, it takes a long time from the beginning of labor to having a baby. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't her first child. Correct. And from what I've heard, it can go faster. The second time. Yeah, yeah the second or third or fourth time or whatever. Yeah, every time I think it's supposed to be a little bit easier. But, Your body knows more what to do. Right. But she goes into labor. All of a sudden, by the way, she wasn't visibly pregnant. Well, I mean, I think they're trying to tell us some time has gone by. I guess. But that just makes it from one episode to the next. I mean, she said she was going to be showing soon. So it's probably been a month or two. But then how is this baby not insanely premature? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Timeline. Timeline-wise, it doesn't make <clears throat> a lot of sense. But... She she goes into labor. They're wheeling her into the hospital. They're like, let's get to the hospital. And they're wheeling her down the hall. Everyone's following her. Not something that they, they would allow to happen. Right. And uh, one of the nurses is like, she's crowding. And her dress is still covering her. Do, do you just sense it? Right. There's no like, way. That's why she's an OBGYN nurse, because she's a she has the ability to sense crowning. Like, they wouldn't even check that in the hallway. She's not even in her room yet. You do not know she's crowning. Like, right. shut up. And then she goes, no, stop. And they all stop. Again, a thing that they wouldn't do. Right. And she says, I'm not having this baby until I'm a married woman. This thing was just so hokey. It made me upset. And right behind them is the priest. Because he followed them. Of course he did. Why not? Why wouldn't he go to the hospital to watch her have a baby? Yeah, this this random priest. Whatever. So he performs a really quick ceremony. They're married. They exchange rings. And then she goes and has a child, a little boy. She stops screaming long enough for that and then starts screaming again. Again, not realistic. Right on cue. Yeah. And then when the baby's finally born... This is hokey as hell, too. Yes. Nat comes bouncing out of, like, down the hall like he's fucking Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And he's all happy. Like, he's been all freaked out the whole time. Now he's all happy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, give me a drink. Because they're having their wedding reception in the waiting room. Also, they would not be allowing champagne and shit in a waiting room in a hospital. And he hops up on the table and, like, makes a toast and stuff. And it's like, what is it? Like, this is so weird. Yeah. And then Donna's filming the whole thing. Yeah. Because she's filming it for them. That's what she borrowed the camera for. And she goes and starts filming the babies before they bring the new Nats and jo- Josie's new baby out. Frankie, apparently. Joni. Joni. Uh, apparently. French- Francesco. Right. Francesco. Uh, but she's filming it. First of all, she's filming all the babies. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a violation of privacy. <laughs> right. Second of all, she's got a tight white shirt on you with, can see her with no bra. So much you can soon see as, her she, as soon as she turned towards the towards the nursery, all the babies started crying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It was that was weird. Weird choice, costume designers. Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, we often see her nipples. She's not shy about her breasts in any way. No. We'll speak. We'll talk about someone who's not shy in a second. But, right. <laughs> uh, but she, like, so they bring the baby out, and they're all like, eh, you know, waving and stuff like that. And then 
for some fucking reason, Steve, Brandon, and I, David, David's there, and and Donna's there. Mm-hmm. They all like thumbs up and like high five, and then and start stuff. like they they thumbs up and pause like that. Yeah, and then they start high fiving each other like yeah, and it's like. It's like a fucking after school special or something. Like, it was a like a parody of a teen moment. It, it was, was very weird. It was one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen. I did not like it. I didn't like at all like how they handled this episode. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. It's cute, I guess. But I mean, the show is not supposed to be cute. It's not no. how the show started. No. But not how it started, not how it should be going. No. But yeah, so Joni's daughter mm-hmm. comes into town, and Steve and Brandon are picking her up from the airport. What's her name for the wedding? Lynn or something like that. I only remember her other name, Di- Tiger Lily. Yeah, Diamond. Yeah, her last name is Diamond. Yeah, Lily Diamond or something. Yes. L Diamond. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Neil Diamond. <laughs> So they pick her up from the airport, and she walks up to Steve and Brandon. And now this is a choice not many women would make. Yeah. But she's like, I guess I'm all yours, and put, locks her arm into Steve's arm. Yeah. She's, in, she's super sexually aggressive. Very much so. I, I don't know why they keep writing women like this. Yeah. Most, most girls are not like that. They love, th- they love this, though. And it's another situation where Steve's like, oh, I'll fuck this woman. Even though I've got Claire. Like, I mean, maybe not really, but he certainly acts like Yeah, it. and then Brandon's like, oh no, then he says something about Claire, though. He does. Because she says, she says something like, oh, you know, are you going to... Oh, oh, who's going to take me to the beach? I can't wait to see the beach. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, oh, I promised Claire I would do this. And she's like, oh, and Claire is your... And Brandon's like, yep, his girlfriend. And she's like, oh. And then she hooks her arm on Brandon and says, yes, you're taking me then. Yeah. So, like, first of all, between Ian Ziering and Jason Priestley, where, uh, who <laughs> looks at Jason Priestley and goes, uh, you're the second choice. You're the consolation prize. No, that's unrealistic, too. Okay. I mean, I guess unless you're really in the muscles, because Ian Ziering does have bigger muscles than Jason Priestley. Yeah, he's more fit, for sure. But that's it. He's taller, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess. So maybe she's more into the frame. Yeah. But his face is not on par with Jason Priestley's face. I'm okay, sorry. Well, <laughs> Just got to say. This, this show is nothing if not a Ian Ziering hate show. So. No, it is not. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so she decides that she's going to hook her star to Brandon. And Brandon is the best man and she's the maid of honor. Right. So it kind of works out anyway. I guess. He takes her to the Bellage Hotel. Right. The, you know, the famous Bellage Hotel. and Where Dylan used to live. Right. And she's like, oh, this is really nice. And then she strips off her clothes. Yeah. She's just seen it there in her room. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not very shy. And he's like, yeah, I see. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay. Don't look if you don't like what you see. Like... Yeah. What the fuck, lady? And she says, her mom says and everything, she's a dancer. Mm-hmm. She does dance and she's like, she's like part of a dance company or something mm-hmm. like that, I think she says. And uh, he's like, what, what kind of dancing do you do, ballet? And she's <laughs> like, well, I have been classically trained. And then she starts to like fucking 
grind on the the bedpost. Yeah, she and she lifts her leg up so that it's straight next to her head. That yeah. is only a stripper move, right? Like, well, I mean, right. I guess it's a ballet move too. Yeah, sometimes, but she so she does that, and I mean, we've caught on right yes. away. Yes, and then for some reason, like, okay, uh, the guys are like, we got to take Nat out for his bachelor party. And Brandon's like, oh, I can't. I'm babysitting the the maid of honor. Yeah. She's an adult woman. She got there on a plane. Right. Why does she need a babysitter? I don't know. It's weird. And she wants to go see her friend, so they go to a strip club because her friend works at the strip club. And that's when Brandon puts it together. He's it like, takes him that long. He's like, you're not, uh, what kind of dancer are you? And she's like, look, you know. I'm an erotic dancer or whatever. She's a she's a stripper in Cleveland, Ohio. And makes $5,000 a week. A, lot of a de- week. A lot of desperate dudes in Cleveland, apparently. No, uh, she said a month. Oh, did she? She did say Okay. That makes more sense. It's a lot of money, though. That is. Like, it's insane. That's like sixty grand a year. <clears throat> yeah. It's a lot of money. <sighs> Not fair. No? Well, you could be a stripper if you wanted to be. No, I, I would, can't dance. I wouldn't want. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I wouldn't want you to be. So, thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, uh, so yeah, but I just I don't understand in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, and she ends up going back to Cleveland, Ohio at the end of the episode. Why would you ever do that? It's Go, L.A. Stay in L.A. You You'll could, make more money. Exactly. You know how much more money she could make as a stripper. I mean, she's not that attractive, but you know how much. More money she could make as a stripper in L.A.? Yeah. I mean, she's got a decent face, but she is a, she's a very small body. Her very fr- thin, small frame. Her friend had run up to her and been like, hey, you should come work here. They get full medical. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, if, if she can get her a job with full medical as a stripper, like, take it. I didn't, I didn't know that, that that was even a thing. I, I did not either. But anyway, so she doesn't take the job as a stripper. Instead... She sees Nat and Steve there. Yeah. Just the two of them, which is like, it's even worse. Like, why is Brandon not with them? That's just bullshit. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then Nat knows now that she's a stripper because she happened to be in the strip club. Like, that was weird, too. Well, she, he said, Brandon said, look, let me, I'll do the talking. I'll say it's my idea or whatever. Mm. And he, like, Nat's obviously very nervous. He's like, oh, I didn't think I'd see you two here. But that's when her friend comes up and she's like, oh, and I can get you a job here. And she's like saying all this stuff in front of Nat. Yeah. And that's when they realize that she's a stripper. And she and says, name you, is Tiger Lily. she says, do you think he'll tell my mom? And he goes, no, because then he'd have to explain why he was there. That's ridiculous. I found out. Yeah. You don't think Jonesy or Joni? Joni. Joni <laughs> would, would behoove him going to a strip club. Like, For his bachelor party? Yeah, that seems weird. I mean, they are very much grown adult people. Yeah. They're, they're way past uh, young shenanigan age. Exactly. So. I mean, they're that baby's coming out getting social security. So. <laughs> um, but that's when they go back to the hotel room. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know, it was a great, interesting night. I'll see you later. And she says to him, hey, uh, you know, most Guys, when they find out that I'm an erotic dancer, I think is how she put it. They expect things and they they want, you know, and you never would, would you? And he's like, no. She goes, that's why I'm going to love this so much. (laughs) Yeah, so Brandon uh, does not come home. (laughs) 
And apparently she fucks him so hard and so good that he limps the next day. What? I thought that there was going to be like, there was going to be a joke about like, uh, that, you know, maybe nothing happened or they tried or something like that, but there was an accident or whatever. But nope, they just leave it at that. Because Steve says, hey, you didn't come home to uh, Kasha Walsh. You know, must, Walsh, you must have had a uh, great time or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. And he starts walking and he's limping. And Steve goes, Steve goes, nice limp or something like that. So it's like. Interesting. Yeah. She, uh, she wrote him so hard he's limping. I did not notice that part. So anyway. Wow. Yeah. And then when they when he takes her to the airport, she's like, "Look, you know, we're not going to start a relationship. I don't want to get married. Maybe maybe twenty five years from now or something like, like that. her mom. <laughs> yeah, but I like my freedom right now. It was a really fun weekend. Glad we fucked. And you know, if you're ever in Cleveland, come and look me up. Yeah. And he basically says, if you're ever anywhere, let me know. Right. I'll be there. Yeah. Um. Val, my, my, huh? oh, maybe you were going to talk about it. My favorite part about this storyline, though, was they're hanging out at the wedding before the water breaks and greeting people as the best man in the maid of honor. <laughs> and Kelly's staring at him. And Valerie comes up and she's like, hey, hey uh, Brandon and uh, the maid of honor seem to be getting along real well. And she's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he didn't come home last night. <laughs> And then she just walks away. It's it's so fucking awesome. Kelly just looks so pissed. I love it. It's like, I am so here for this pettiness. <laughs> it was great. She like, apropos of nothing, she just came up and gave her that information. She's like fucking dropped a mental bomb on her and then walked away. Right. It was awesome. Ugh. Oh my God. It was so good. I loved it. Valerie is dealing with her own shit, though. Yes, she is. Because when she's at the beach club, where she went with uh, Mr. Uh, CPA I'm, yeah. the other night. A certified Poonanny accountant. <laughs> he is there with his wife and child. Yeah. Sitting there having lunch. And uh, she goes over and introduces herself, which is pretty damn bold. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm his new client and stuff. Like, she acts like it's, you know, nothing's going on. But you can tell his wife is suspicious. Right. And then she notes that he's wearing his wedding ring, which he was not wearing. So I think he is a lying piece of shit. I agree. So we'll see. Um, He still, he he shows up at the end. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was coming there to give her, like, a hard time or break up with her because of what happened. And instead, he strokes her face, and he's like, I'm falling in love with oh you, Valerie. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, what the fuck? The creepiest fucking way, too. Did they have sex? I don't think they've had sex yet, no. But he said, yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm here for the, the P&L reports, which are profit and losses. And she's like, I, I sent them to you. And he's like, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> and, but she says to him, are you really getting divorced? And he's like, yes, I'm, I'm getting divorced. And I said, does your wife know? Right. Because <laughs> I'm guessing she doesn't. But he says, but, you know, it's, it wouldn't be good to give her ammunition. Uh, mm. It wouldn't be fiscally responsible. I mean, he's not wrong. It's not a great idea to admit to having an affair while you're still married when you're going through a divorce. Right. 
But are they really going through a divorce? It did, it did not seem like it. No. Why would they be sitting there having a nice, happy-looking lunch with their child? Correct. So, I think he's just a liar, like you said. Yeah, he just wants to have sex with Valerie. Yeah, and stroke her face. <laughs> but he's talking about how, oh, we can franchise this mm-hmm. idea. A franchised nightclub. I don't I don't see it. But. The Peach Pit After Dark, too. It's like the Peach yeah. Pit After Dark. It's so specific. It's right next to the Peach Pit. Like, how are you going to franchise that? I guess they would just have to call it After Dark. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And it's like an after hours club, right? That's the whole point of it. It's after the Peach Pit closes. (laughs) I don't know if it's like after alcohol hours. Okay, I got you. But yeah, yeah, he wants to franchise it. So I don't I don't know. I I think I I think he's filling her head with all this stuff that's never going to happen. And as soon as he gets a little pussy, then he'll be. Be gone and back well, I mean, his that, wife. that does seem to be the way it works for her. Like she must have something wrong. Like are there teeth in there? Like what? What is going on? Because I mean, she's so hot. Wow. But like guys do not seem to want to continue to sleep with her. I mean, Dylan did a little, but not for long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll I, see. I don't get it either. But <laughs> anyway, we'd be we'd be willing to try, Valerie. <laughs> um. Finally, there's Kelly. Okay. Kelly's at the AIDS house. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. friend's house, I think they call it, or something like that. Yeah, what it's, they call it? I mean, what it's the AIDS hospice. Well, I don't remember what they call it, friendship house or something like that. Friendship yeah. house, that's yeah. what it was, friendship house. She's there with the older brother from Blossom. <laughs> yeah. Who is a gayman, and I really appreciated this. Hmm. I didn't assume he was gay at first. No. Because you don't need to be gay to get AIDS. Right. We all used to think that, but it's nineteen ninety eight, everybody. We we know that. Now. Right. And he reveals that he was married once. Obviously it's gotta be married in quotation marks, unless they went out of the country, I guess. But he says he was a great guy and, and amazing person and everything. Obviously his husband died of AIDS and everything. But that's when we find out he's gay. And I really appreciate that. And I can't remember. I think his last name is Russo or something like that. I can't remember. But um, the actor that's the older brother on Blossom. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that he portrayed this in a completely non-stereotypical way. Yeah. This guy came in and basically graced the set with his acting. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Actually. And. And I think he's almost wasted on Blossom. But this dude's a very good actor. And he um, he just he did a really good job of portraying this character fully formed with not a lot of backstory or anything like that behind it, but just bringing the emotion to it and everything. That's, that's not easy all the time when yeah. your character is slightly underwritten. Uh, because it's, you know, it's just a guest star that we're never probably never going to see again. But he was really good, and I really liked his portrayal. He he was into magic and melodrama, I guess. I don't know. He asked Kelly why, when she could choose from so many different you know assignments, did she choose to go there? Mm-hmm. And she basically admits that she's punishing herself, which seems kind of insulting. Right. And um, he's like, oh, for what? 
And she's like, just past mistakes. So, like, do you think it's because she turned down Brandon? Like, I'm not sure what she's referring to. Uh, I think maybe it's the drug stuff and mm. the cult stuff, maybe, partially. <laughs> she does have a lot of mistakes to make up for, I right. guess. But I'm not sure exactly. But, yeah, she's definitely, it's a penance for her. And he he's super nice to her, though. Mm-hmm. And, like... She talks about how she's upset and everything, and he said, she said it's, you know, like a, or a good friend and a good enemy or something like that. And she she basically says, like, Brandon, she tells him the whole story about Brandon being with the maid of honor mm. and everything, and it was upsetting to her, and then Valerie was being a bitch to her or mm. whatever. And he said, what, what makes you more upset, your friend or this bitch? And she's, she's like the bitch or whatever. And he says, "No, when when she gets to you, she wins. Like, don't don't do that. Don't." And he, he talks about how like you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't live in melancholy. Yeah, and that's like the worst thing. And I don't. Know, it's all very poignant. And this parts this part harkens back to early nine hundred two and zero when it was more about something. Yeah. And not just a teen soap opera. This was the only, this storyline was the only thing that was really, and juxtaposed with the silliness of everything else. It was all ridiculous. It really highlights it. Yep. I mean, the only thing that I had, the only mistake I haven't seen them do on this show is violate the uh, 180 degree rule. So. 180 degree rule. With the camera. So like if you. There, if you if you have a camera, you draw a line, 180 degree line, right? Like a parallel line like that, right? When you're filming something, when you're cutting between shots, you can go here. You can go, and I'm, I'm going side to side for, you can go here, you can go there, up, down, stuff like that. But what you can't do is go all the way behind and film from like that angle. Like I'm, I'm filming here and it's getting your right cheek, right? Mm-hmm. I can't. Turn, take the camera on the other side of you and film your left cheek and cut between shots like that. Okay. It's very disorientating for the brain. Okay. So that's a rule. You don't want to cross that. You don't want to cross that line. Got it. I haven't seen the, the directors or the cinematographers violate that yet. <laughs> but yes. who knows? It's possible. Right. Could be coming. But, I, you know, there are episodes that are good. There are episodes that are bad. This is more in the bad neighborhood. I'm hoping that season seven gets better. Yeah, so far not great. But that is the episode for the week. Carol, why don't you tell these 1998 cats what they can do? You can write us at latefee1994 awellcom Yep. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and tell your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>